You like Fireboy? I do. You're listening to Your Tables on Fire. A weekly conversation with the hottest game designers on Kickstarter. Here comes your host, Jeff Beck. Well, hello. Thanks for tuning in to your Tables on Fire. This is episode number 21. All right. With me today, we have a special guest. It's Gabriel Barboza, one of the founders of Cinelinks and the creator of Cinemas of Attraction. Gabriel, welcome to your Tables on Fire. All right. Thanks for having me. We're glad you're here. Uh, now, you actually are a member of a team that brought this game about. Can you take a minute and tell us a little bit about the team? Uh, sure. Yeah, we uh, we're just a group of guys that uh, started a movie a movie blog a few years back, and uh, just kind of you know met uh, online actually just discussing movies and things like that, and started going to film festivals and uh, just different conventions. We started the movie blog and just started recruiting more people from you know basically around the U.S. Uh, actually, a few overseas as well to write for the site. And then uh, one day back in 2013, I had uh, an idea for our initial card game. And uh, we've kind of uh, hit the ground running with that, and it's been a little bit of a whirlwind since then. Hmm. Well, now, obviously, this is a, a tabletop game, but I am interested in your website, because, you know, everyone loves movies, of course. So take a minute and tell us a little bit about Cinelinks. So Cinelinks is basically, you know, uh, the, the core team uh, were a bunch of guys that all had a little bit of a background in uh, film, whether, you know, we went to school and studied film. Uh, made some of our own small films, or some of us uh, tried our hand in screenwriting, things like that. And then uh, we just really enjoyed film, so we started writing and covering films. And then we had a few guys that, uh, one, uh, Jordan Mason, who also really into um, games, you know, video games. And so we started uh, branching off and finding a lot of uh, writers that were, there was a huge overlap in those two communities, in gamers and people that were really into film. So we started branching off, and so we have a site that covers, you know, it's just your basics, your movie reviews, movie news, game reviews, game news. And we were lucky enough to now then land um, interviews with um, some pretty interesting filmmakers or even game creators. So it's been a lot of fun now, you know, especially when we attend events. We're able to sometimes meet filmmakers or game creators and kind of just meet some of the people that we admire. So that's always a good experience for us. Yeah. Well, that's pretty fun. Uh, well, now let's take a step back and tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Basically, um, like I said, I just uh, I went quite a while back now and, uh, to school for film and have just always appreciated movies. You know, obviously, when I was a kid, uh, I, I was born in the 80s, so I enjoyed a lot of really fun, cheesy, you know, 80s films and <laughs> 90s films. And I just have, have always really, uh, you know, really just watched probably way too too many movies. And um I you know went to school for it and I was a video editor for some time um, and was editing for small TV shows and commercials things like that a few a few small feature films ended up kind of like I said you know uh, branching out going to festivals meeting other people and then we launched Cinelinks and you know we we still dabble in different things I've actually um, work in in marketing now but one of the, the ways that I'm able to still kind of keep my feet in into the I guess in the water a little bit in terms of film and movies in general is uh, is through the site so. Uh, yeah, that's basically it. Well, you know, you have to ask, since you're a movie nut, do you have a favorite film? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, somebody asked me that yesterday because I was talking about my initial game. He's like, you have to have a favorite film. I was like, to be honest, I, I watched so many movies that it it, <laughs> it, it it changes, you know. 
right now, and uh, I get a little bit of flack for this, but for some reason, one of my favorite films is a movie from a couple of years ago called uh, Super 8. Have you seen that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's and a good it's, one. It's just, you know, to me, it's just, it's got that 80s vibe. It's got that, there's adventure. It just seems real, you know, pure good fun, you know? And mm-hmm. so I really like that. I mean, I'm a big fan of Tarantino. I'm a big fan of Scorsese, a big fan of Christopher Nolan. And I'll watch pretty much anything just to at least give it a chance. But when it comes to a movie that I can watch over and over again and actually enjoy, there's only a handful. And uh, Super 8 is, uh, is definitely one of the more recent ones. I, I did see uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane also a few months back and was really impressed with that movie. Uh, so a big action adventure fan, would you say? I think so. It depends. You know, um, those two films obviously have a lot of adventure. I think adventure is the key. Growing up, I was always a huge fan of uh, Huckleberry Finn. was always my uh, Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, a lot of stuff by Mark Twain. So, you know, anytime I find a film, you know, Stand By Me, that I should mention that. That's one of my favorite films. Any film that has an element of just adventure in it, I, I just think that it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun for someone to kind of go on a little bit of a, of a journey. Um, so, yeah, that's my... My, my favorite types of films. Mm-hmm. Well, now, like I mentioned, this is a board game podcast, so we got to shift gears <laughs> a little bit. Are you also a board game fan? I am. You know, to be honest, that's the. It's been a little more recently for me. I grew up playing more. Uh, you, you know, your regular party games, more the, the games you might pick up at your local, you know, Target or something like that. But. Right. Uh, and I there's no shame with... in that that's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah some of the guys i make the game with look at me like i'm crazy when i say that because they're they're you know have a, a little bit more knowledge of a of tabletop than i did but um you know i did play a lot of scrabble played a lot of, of clue was always a, a you know a game that i really liked and then of course uh poker <laughs> which I, that has to count and more recently <laughs> more recently i think that uh you know, I'm just getting busy with, you know, uh, you know, having a family and, and being, you know, running the website and, and, and also creating these games, which is very time consuming. Uh, a few years back, I had a little bit of a phase where we played quite a bit of uh, Cards Against Humanity, just a fun social game. Right. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my background on tabletop isn't as extensive as some of the other creators. Some of the other creators play a lot of, you know, Munchkin. They have backgrounds in D&D and other things. And one of the guys that I made Cinelinks with, he actually wasn't involved with, with Cinema Attractions, but he was involved with the Cinelinks card game. He actually introduced me to quite a few games uh, since then. And we've played a few like uh, Pandemic and a few games in that series. And then, honestly, I don't really remember the titles, but every now and then he would pop up with something new that he wanted me to try out. And... Because of the success we had on Kickstarter with our initial card game, I always wanted to kind of give back to that community. So on on Kickstarter, I used to always back a lot of film-related projects, and more mm-hmm. recently, I backed a lot of tabletop projects. So I actually have a bookshelf that I'm sitting next to full of games that I've picked up um, off of Kickstarter or at some of the events we've been to from other creators that I met uh, going to PAX East and, and PAX Prime. And so uh, I'm actually looking forward to playing some of these. I don't. I, I can name off a few titles, but I don't know if we have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you played many of those? I haven't yet. You know, I did play a couple, like uh, just because I was always a fan of the oatmeal. I don't know if you've um, heard of the exploding kittens. I, I played that with my kids. Oh, of course. Just, yeah, for fun. But I have one here <laughs> that I'm really itching to play. It's called Paperback by I think. Oh, uh, by Tim Fowers. Tim Fowers. I have not had a chance to play it. I met Tim at Pex Prime. And he was awesome. I mean, he was amazing. And uh, I have this game. I still haven't had a chance to play it, but I'm really looking forward to that. That is a fun game. I highly recommend it. Especially, you mentioned you played Scrabble. So yes, yes. It's, it's Scrabble Plus. 
I was next to him. Um, we uh, last year and uh, we were invited for the uh, into the indie mega booth uh, at PAX uh, East and PAX Prime, and so I was next to him in the mega booth, and he was showcasing paperback, and I kept looking over at it, and, and it did. It felt like it had a little bit of a Scrabble vibe to it, so we started talking about it and picked up a copy. And unfortunately, just been so busy with the initial card game as well as cinema attractions that I haven't had a lot of time. So a, a lot of the time when we want to get together and play games, we're actually playtesting. So it's either playtesting cinema attractions or... I'm, are you familiar with the other card game that we made, Cinelinks? I'm not, but, but t- why don't you take a minute and tell us about it? Okay, so Cinelinks was the... That's what really thrust me into the world of tabletop. So, you know, it's... I was uh, coming... I was uh, actually stuck at the airport. I was coming from a, uh, a marketing conference. I was at the airport in Seattle, and I got there around 9 a.m., and I saw mechanics coming out, and they started ripping off a, a piece from under the plane and looking at things, and so they basically made an announcement and said, uh, this flight's canceled, and uh, we can't really get you on anything until 1 a.m., so I was at the oh. airport for oh, an, entire, wow. <laughs> an entire day, and I sat there, and for some reason, um, I started scribbling in a notepad um, an idea for... This game, and I guess it's just spending three days at an interesting uh, marketing convention out there called MozCon, and just you know hearing about branding and different things, and, and having the movie website, and initially you know thinking of what is something that we could do that could help us uh, with the, our overall brand, and I had this idea. I started thinking about just uh, connecting for some reason Tom Hanks and a, bun- a bunch of movies that he had uh, had been in, you know, just connecting different movies he'd been into different actors, different things like that, and it's the, it's the strangest thing because. I was making little like pieces of paper and tearing them off like if they were cards and kind of just thinking like this would actually work as a card game. And I just thought about it the entire day. I was exhausted and I, I came back and I started talking to a friend at work about it. And we worked on it for about a week or two before it dawned on me. I, for some reason, it hadn't occurred to me the similarity between what we're doing to the Six Degrees to Kevin Bacon parlor game. Are you familiar with that game? Sure, sure. Yeah. And it was the funniest thing because we, we came to it from the idea of Tom Hanks and when I realized that, I kind of, um, I, I kind of stopped my tracks a little bit and thought, like, maybe I shouldn't make this game because, I mean, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon is a thing. It's a, but it's a parlor game. I did a little bit of research, and uh, there weren't any games. Someone had created a, a board game that at the time was out of print, and it was nothing like what we were doing, like nothing close. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, you know, just start, you know, decided let's go ahead and move forward with this. And another game, I guess I should have mentioned, I played a lot of growing up was uh, Dominoes. I really loved Dominoes. I played Dominoes in high school, played Dominoes in college, and just always played a lot of Dominoes. And so I started designing the game and thinking, what if it was a game that was like Dominoes for movie buffs? So you're essentially holding cards in your hand, like if you're playing poker, um, you're kind of, you know, the idea of people wanting to just kind of, you know, you're trying to put a good hand together and, and beat each other started there didn't end up there ended up a little bit closer to dominoes where you have a hand of cards and you start with an anchor card so you always start with a genre card like let's say for instance action adventure and then mm-hmm. if i have tom hanks in my hand i have to i can play tom hanks next to the action adventure card but i have to announce a movie that he was in that fits the genre and then you go from there then you can connect another actor tom hanks if you can name a movie they're in you can connect mm. a, a director to them and you're basically branching out exactly with the, the six degrees idea but on a board that, if you can picture just a domino board where you're connecting each card has, four, you know, on the four sides, it has a half of a reel, half of a movie reel. And when you connect them, it creates uh, a whole movie reel. Hmm. So that was the idea. And we tested it out for quite a while because one of the first things we figured out was um, when you're playing Six Degrees, I mean, you're, you're only limited by your memory. But when you're playing with cards, you know, every card is and every hand has its own set of limitations because Maybe there's something that doesn't connect. 
and we couldn't let people go out six full degrees like they do in the parlor game because then the games would take two or three hours and there'd be a lot of verification and you wouldn't really know. So but the way the game exists today, we recommend, you know, first and second degree, third degree if you're an advanced player. And uh, we spent a lot of time, you know, uh, creating decks that were very playable. So so that's one of the things that we work on a lot. We add expansions to it. You know, we have expansions for horror movies, for superhero movies. So back to your original question of games that we play, uh, usually if we're not playtesting one of our own expansions, we're playtesting or developing cinema attractions. So <laughs> it's pretty uh, it's a pretty intense time right now. <laughs> I guess so. And now, how long ago did, was it when you launched? Uh, and the game is called C- Cinelinks the Card Game. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it's funny, too, because we already had the website, and everybody kept telling me, you need to name it something else, and I kept saying, but then it's so perfect. Like it, The game is about linking movies together, and the name of the website is Cinelinks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I could, and I, I kind of put my foot down on it. I, like, I just can't. You know, we actually tossed out about 10 or 15 names. I can't even really think of anything that was a runner-up because I was so close to the idea. And, yeah, we, so we, we actually put that on Kickstarter. So I had that idea in 2013 and worked on it pretty pretty extensively. And then we put it on Kickstarter in 2014, and it went really well. It funded in uh, just over 48 hours, and we were able wow. to um, raise about 300% of our goal and put the game into production. And uh, and it's been a lot of fun. You know, like I said, uh, we... We were able to get into the indie mega booth at PAX and you know kind of showcase the game there and demo it, which was a lot of fun. You know, being able to sit down with fans of just tabletop in general that had never heard of my game but were willing to give it a try was an amazing experience. So when I got to PAX, I, it was a I think the first one went to was only three days, and so it was literally there for eight hours straight for three days in a row. And they had a, uh-huh. a helpers that would come bring you lozenges and water so that you, <laughs> so you could continue talking. Um, so you just, so you didn't die, basically. <laughs> and so some people had you know someone else on their team that could swap out. Um, and my wife went with me; she would assist me with it quite a bit. But as far as doing the the majority of the presentation, uh, the initial time it was uh, mostly me playing. But we actually ended up going back to Prime. That was a four-day one, and by then she had really got a handle on it. So she uh, she definitely took the took the reins there. So that was a uh, that was really good. But yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's been a lot of fun. We're playing that, and so one of the things what ended up happening was uh, during the Kickstarter campaign for Cinelinks, it's when I initially had the idea for Cinema of Attractions, but it was very 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 loose idea. It wasn't really fully formed, um, but I had a little I guess a little nugget of an idea. And, and the name. The name actually is what came to me uh, all like in one burst. It was a like a shell of an idea plus the name. I didn't have time to really focus on it because we're so busy with Cinelinks. But a few months later, when we were we had already uh, Kickstarter had funded, we had sent off all the designs and we were waiting for them to get printed. There was a huge lull of a few months just waiting to receive our first print run. And that's when I went to the rest of the team and I started talking to them about the idea for um, Cinema of Attractions. And everybody kind of really liked it. They 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 were excited about it. They thought that it had a lot of a lot of potential. Um, so we talked about it, worked on it a little bit, and then you know it was kind of always an up and down thing where the holidays hit and we had to kind of focus on Cinelinks, and then we were able to squeeze some time in for Cinema of Attractions, and then we got into packs. So it was a lot of back and forth, and then we're working on an app for Cinelinks actually that uh, for iPhone that should be out here in about a month or so. I'd say about six weeks for iPhone and for Android about a month afterwards. So. So yeah, we've been between the you know right now um, Jordan Mason, who is the uh, the editor on Cinelinks, 
Um, he's pretty much takes the reins on the website. Ever since I had the idea for these games, we kind of had to split duties. So he runs most of the website and I uh, head up everything with the games, the development of the card games, as well as the development of the app. Mm-hmm. So let's talk more about Cinema of Attractions. Yes. And let's take a step back for those that aren't familiar with the game. Can you give us the rundown of how it works? Yeah, so basically uh, with Cinema of Attractions, we wanted to be just like our other game. We are, we're big fans of movies, and we like to get people talking about movies. And whereas with the other, you're just talking about you know movies that exist that you watch and favorite actors and whatnot. With Cinema of Attractions, we want people to talk about the, the types of movies that they like, the kinds of movies that they like, or the things that they like about movies. But we also wanted to – I wanted to have some fun with it. Like Cinema of Attractions, the name itself is based off of a theory – presented by, oh man, I don't want to get his name wrong, so I'm not even going to say it, but <laughs> by a professor a few years back who was, uh, quite a few years back, I think uh, in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, was um, studying film and cinema in, at the turn of the century. And uh, it's just the, the concept of you know people going to a Nickelodeon theater and seeing something that they couldn't see in the real world. So starting with some vaudeville acts that they had filmed and going on to things like a shot of a lion roaring or a train pulling into the station and just things like that. Just these, a lot of things that your normal everyday person hadn't really seen close up or seen on the big screen. And so, you know, uh, he started analyzing film back then. And then, you know, where special effects started and people started figuring out how to do camera tricks and just kind of trying to put on a show for people, you know, in vaudeville and in, and in carnivals and whatnot, you were always putting on a show, but in film, you know, rather than just filming stories, uh, and at the time, I guess they didn't really have um, dialogue, but they wanted people to see things that were a little bit over the top, that were a little bit different than what they could see in the real world. And so that there's a progression in that and how, where, we, where we are today. And, you know, you get some great movies that are exploring, uh, you know, or you know, even like a period piece. You know, you can kind of get immersed in the world of, you know, the 1700s or 1600s or something if they spend that much time on a film to kind of bring it to life. But then you get the other side of the spectrum where, and I'm not trying to, to say there's anything wrong with that, but you get huge robots and explosions. And then you get even further down the line and you get, you know, Sharknados and you get uh, <laughs> Sharktopus versus Pterodon. And, you you know, people are just, they take that to a whole other level. And it's just, it was just always interesting to me that this theory of the cinema of attractions, uh, we see it pop up time and time again. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Some people, that, that theory on its own, some people think that uh, if you interpret it one way, it's really good for cinema, and, and others think that it kind of, uh, you know, uh, not not necessarily a downfall, but it kind of simplifies things sometimes. And so, but back to the game, I thought it'd be interesting to put people in a role where they're pitching absurd and over-the-top uh, movies. So, you know, we started with a lot of concepts from over-the-top movies that we had seen and just added random things into there just to make it more fun, just to make... Because, you know, we did have versions of the game where people were pitching any type of movie, whether it was like an indie film or, a, you know, romance or just a drama. And although that is fun, it wasn't quite the game we wanted to make. We wanted to make something where you were... You assume the role of a filmmaker and you're pitching to someone who we call the studio head. And in order to get, you know, just like in, in Hollywood, the, the way we feel anyways... You get you go really over the top and really high concept so that they can actually want to put some money behind it. So the idea in our game is that you're pitching to this studio and you're trying to go over the top and absurd. And, and it, in the end, you know, almost always you're trying to go funny and uh, and you're trying to incite a little bit of a laugh from the studio head of the judge to kind of get them to favor your film. Or at least come up with a concept that's so creative and so out there that uh, they can't, you know, look away or whatever. They can't really just turn it down. And you're going for the green light. But 
one of the things that we 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 did in developing it, it was uh, myself and a guy named Garrett out of Colorado uh, that's really really into film and writes writes really well about it. And, and Jordan, um, one of the things is that we wanted it to, to feel more like a, a real experience as a filmmaker. And so you know, there's a lot of games like this. There's apples to apples, obviously. There's Cards Against Humanity. There's Super Fight. There's tons of others where it's like a prompt and response, and you have a judge that kind of thing. And we wanted it to be a little different. And, uh, you know, honestly, quite honestly, some people aren't a big fan of that uh, element of the game, but others are. What we did was, in order to, to keep it kind of true to life, you, you pitch the movie to the studio head, and they pick your movie. But that's actually not how you get points. The next step, mm. af after getting a green light, so you pitch the movie, and if you get the green light, is we have a green light deck of cards. And on the cards, it has star ratings from one to four. And it might say things like, your movie bombed, but it did well in France, so you get two stars. Or your movie was a sleeper hit, or your movie just, you know, did horrible. There's just a lot of jokes written onto the cards. And so that's where you get your actual points from. So, uh, and, and we thought it was a lot of fun because, you know, really getting into the role of the filmmaker, pitching to the studio, and neither one of you really knowing how your film is going to perform to an audience. You know, we, uh, when we're playing it, you, in all honesty, when we talk to people about the game, that's the first thing they point out that they don't, they're not sure if they'd like it. But when they actually play it, they, they get a good laugh out of it. It's always, it, you get a good laugh or you have a lot of fun. Uh, the anticipation of not knowing what that star rating is going to be and then flipping it over and either, you know, being bummed out or telling people read it and weep has uh, led to a lot of fun rounds. <laughs> well, you mentioned before that you've been doing quite a bit of playtesting with this game. Yeah. What what kind of feedback have you been getting? Have you heard anything like crazy and and out of the blue? Have you got any really good feedback? Uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback from people that just they, they think it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, one of the things that we have, there's two distinct ways that we've seen that people play. People actually pitch pretty straight. They, they go with what's on the card. We allow people to use uh, three cards per pitch. So sometimes they'll, you end, they'll end up just reading the cards off. And that can be fun if you get a, the right combination. But then you have players that, and, and it's open to do this, so you have players that get really creative and the initial, the intent of the game was actually to use the, the cards as more story elements. So to not just pitch straight what's on the card, but to use those as elements and build a more creative story within 20 to 30 seconds, um, which is a challenge all its own. But with that, I think you get more entertaining pitches. Like we've, that's where you get the real laugh. But it really, it, then it, it becomes, it's very dependent on the player. So with that aspect of the game, we've gotten both positive and negative feedback where some people feel like, although it's fun, if they are, if they do have somebody in their gaming group that is really, really creative, they feel like the game skews towards them or else they, you know, some people feel honestly, we've had some people that feel a little more shy uh, and they really want to just play the game as they lay just the cards as they're written. And it does work. We've played it both ways. We've, we've had rounds where we have people just play it, just play it exactly as they're written and other rounds where we let people do it uh, a little bit of a free for all. And so I'd say, like, as, as far as feedback, that's where most of it comes from, is, is the pitch. Is, and I've had some, some fun games where we invite someone into the group to play that just is amazing at pitching, and they just blow everybody out of the water. But it's still a lot of fun. Like, you, there's a lot of laughter. And for us, with Cinelinks, uh, I really wanted people to uh, talk about movies, and I wanted there to be the competitive aspect. But with this game, I think the pitch is what's where the fun is. I feel like the game itself is fun. So... Even though at the end of the day, you know, uh, I've had rounds where I've just literally lost every round, but I couldn't stop laughing. 
I still had a lot of fun. You know, I still had a lot of fun playing. And at the end of the day, I hate to sound cheesy, but it was, you know, not necessarily about where you're going, but more about the journey, I guess. And so with this game, a lot of times we found that where, you know, somebody may dominate the game, but you still have a lot of fun playing. But that's also another reason why we built in the rating system, because it also kind of levels the playing field in some in some aspects. Because uh, there's different, you know, the judge rotates, so the the people pitching rotate, and then someone could pitch really, really well, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to just pull four stars. They may pull a two star. You still have a chance to kind of, and that's something we tested pretty extensively. If someone is taking the lead, do you have a, an opportunity to come back? Because we don't want people to just give up if they weren't in it for the competitive aspect of the game. And so what we found is the, the distribution of the star ratings and the cards that exist in the deck do allow for that. So that's also, it's been a lot of fun. Can you think of a favorite pitch that perhaps you gave or that so, you heard someone give that stands out in your memory? <laughs> there was, uh, I, I can't I remember the pitch exactly, but I do remember someone was doing a, a remake of Matilda with Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> I, I, and it was it was a hilarious pitch. I can't remember the in, it entirety, but I do remember that it was a... And then it, what made it even funnier is uh, the guy was convinced that the actress who played Matilda was, was someone else who she actually wasn't. So his pitch went on and on about this actress and it was mostly because he was he was remembering incorrectly and it just it just made it funny uh but you know no there's a lot of things that are you know over the top i like some of the ones we we, we you know again going back to you know uh loving movies from the 80s so we have a lot of elements from government experiments uh, barrels falling off of trucks and radiation and just having a lot of fun and so some of the pitches that people do if they you know they build them off of some of those elements i think can be a lot of fun mm-hmm now you have an expansion, the free and exclusive mini expansion that's yes. Kickstarter exclusive. Is that right? And what, what's that about? To be honest, that was just something we wanted to give our backers. So when we were, we've play tested a lot of cards. We have spreadsheets and spreadsheets and spreadsheets of mm. different card ideas and just certain combinations that worked and didn't work. And so when we were scaling it down to our core game and the game, the, the cards that would make the final cut, we obviously had extra. And so there were some, and I thought, well, you know, at the end of the day, we, we obviously hoped that the game would get funded and would eventually uh, go on, on sale. But I wanted, because I, I appreciate backers and people that are willing to put their money up because they just believe in a project, I wanted to give them something that only they would have. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the, what that's about. The mini expansion is giving them a set of cards that we won't ever print again. Like those will, will only exist for people who back the original project. It's just kind of a little bit of an added bonus. That's nice. Oh, thank you for believing in you and in the project. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what, you know, with Sinlinks, we weren't able to do that because it was our first project, our first Kickstarter. We didn't really know how it was going to go. We were so nervous. And uh, and we weren't able to do, you know, we did small things. We did, we did make some small token items that we ended up shipping to all the backers. But we didn't really have a separate um, expansion for them. And I thought with this one that that would be uh, a nice way to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, your Kickstarter campaign is wrapping up. I think you have a, what, a little over a week left. Yes. And so what is left for the campaign? Or do you have any promotion strategies? Well, to be honest, this is uh, it's night and day. And I think that uh, this was a good experience for us. Uh, with, with Cinelinks, we had, like I said, we'd never funded anything before. And that uh, game, it caught on. It clicked really well. And it funded in about 48 hours. With Cinema Attractions, we're still we're still struggling. You know, I actually sent out an update to backers a few days ago, letting you know just kind of acknowledging the fact that the campaign is a little bit stalled. 
it's pretty common in Kickstarter campaigns where right around the middle and, and leading into the last week, there's a little bit of a lull, but ours is, is it's pretty stalled. And so it's, it's strange to us because we've gotten a lot of uh, feedback about the game. We've gotten a lot of people that are messaging that are excited about it. The campaign itself is getting a lot of traction. You know, we uh, were able to get a few write-ups. We were on IndieWire, we're in Slash Film and, and things like that, but we still haven't uh, raised, we've only raised a little over 50%. And it's, it's a little discouraging because we have been getting pledges every day, but also losing pledges. So it's just a big uh-huh. balancing thing. So it's just the opposite of the spectrum from what our original campaign was, but it's been a, a learning experience. And so we do have um, a few things that we're going to do as far as promotions. We're running a promotion right now on our website to just uh, just raise overall exposure, but we have a few more things that we're going to do um, on Facebook, on Twitter, and you know we have our newsletter. We have a pretty extensive newsletter, and we have a few things that we're going to do leading into the last week, but we're already actually at a point where you know we're kind of trying to, because we do really want to make this game, and because we do believe in the game, and, and when we've played it, uh, with with tons of people, they, they they seem to have a good time with it. We we're at a point where we're trying to figure out, okay, what happens if you know if if the campaign doesn't fund? Because for us, the answer isn't that that's the end of it. Um, that's not going to be you know we're, we're really not willing to just put the game on the shelf forever. It may have to go on the shelf for a few months, but we're trying to figure out what our our plan B uh, is because it, it's just a real possibility having about eight days left and about 47 or 46 percent left funding to go i know that a lot of campaigns see a little boost in the last 48 hours but i honestly don't expect it to be that big of a boost to that extent so and again i know it sounds i guess as i said out loud it almost sounds like i've given up on the campaign but i really haven't and that's what i wanted baggers to know in my most recent update that we haven't given up on the campaign. We're still doing outreach daily. You know, we reach out to people uh, one-on-one via email, different blogs, just different people on our on our list, people that we know. And we've been we've done you know uh, a lot uh, to be honest with with this campaign, just kind of reaching out to family and friends for support. But um, there's just honestly a lot of really really good games on Kickstarter. <laughs> so uh, I think I think it can be a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of competition out there, and sometimes you have to know when you know when if rather than just focus too heavily on, well, the campaign didn't fund, so maybe this game shouldn't be made. We want to figure out, and when it's done, we will. We'll ask the backers if, you know, we'll have a survey, like a little bit of an exit survey, if it doesn't fund. Even if it does, we'd have one, but to kind of get some more feedback, we may do a little more playtesting and figure out what's the next step, but one of the things that we do know for sure is that this isn't going to be the end for the game, and uh, we really, really, really want to make this happen. Mm Mm-hmm. It can be a challenge, but kudos to you for sticking with it. And, you know, I'm sure one way or another, hopefully we can all have cinema attractions on our table sometime. I hope so. Let me ask you if you have any feedback or any suggestions or advice for people planning their first Kickstarter project, planning to launch a game into the world, what would you say to them? Uh, To do quite a bit of research. (laughs) You know, I... uh, (laughs) I, I spent a lot of time researching, and it's interesting. I, I got an email, a, a message today on Kickstarter from. Are you you're familiar with Chuck? Uh, God, I don't know, I'm going to pronounce the, the last name wrong, but the, the 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 man who wrote Fight Club. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so, uh, yeah. so there there's a there's an active Kickstarter campaign right now uh, where they're raising money uh, for a, a movie, and they sent out. I'm sure they sent the message out to a lot of backers, but they actually sent out. Uh, I got a message, and it was addressing the fact that I've backed a lot of campaigns and actually have had campaigns, 
And it was just basically saying that I have any any feedback for, for their campaign. And to be honest, their campaign is, is going great as far as in terms of press. They've gotten a lot of coverage. They've gotten a lot of press. And they've been uh, their projects of the week, projects of the day. They've been a staff pick. They've pretty much run the gamut of everything you can possibly be on Kickstarter. And they've hit their goal. And so when I look at the, a campaign like that and I see that even they're uh, – I'm not going to say struggling, but even they're already at a point where <laughs> – they're kind of running dry on ideas because they've kind of done everything they can. And I feel like when you're a, a project creator that, that doesn't have um, that kind of success, uh, sometimes you can it can either be A, discouraging, or B, you can uh, look for that. So one of the things that I read a lot about um, Kickstarters before I launched the initial one is that I found that a lot of people, they plan for how they're going to be staff pick or how they're going to be project of the day. And you can't do that because that may not happen. You may not get the coverage that you're hoping for. But one of the things that, you know, we tell people is to just, you know, study the trends, get on Kickstarter, um, back games or back projects that are going to be similar to the project that you're going to create and watch the creators and see what they do. See what kind of updates they're doing. See how they're interacting with their audience. What are some ways that you can get your audience uh, involved if you have one? And if you don't, then one of the, the biggest things people can, should do before they launch a campaign is to try. And I know it's easier said than done. But to try to build an audience, whether that's on Facebook or Twitter or whatever else, you know, other social platform they may have, but try to build an audience for their their project before the project launches. Because once it launches, I mean, there's literally a, a, a ticking clock over your head 24 hours a day that you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. So you want to do as much prep and research as possible beforehand. Mm-hmm. Good advice. You know, one of the things about the board game communities that I've found is that whether it's at PAX or Stone Bay or even the old... Cards Against Humanity articles is that people seem to be really, really willing to help each other. And I didn't expect that. Having a film background, you don't always get that. You get a lot of hmm. people that are more cutthroat. But in this industry, uh, even Tim Fowers at, uh, from Paperback was very, you know, really willing to, to just talk to me about pretty much anything that had to do with tabletop and uh, give me a lot of advice. And I always appreciate that. And I was actually surprised uh, to find and very appreciative of that, but surprised to find that many people in this industry that are just willing to just help. Mm-hmm. No, it is a fantastic industry, and I, th- you know, the support, like you say, is is just amazing. So it it really is. Well, Gabriel, yesterday was your birthday, and so we have a surprise for you today, <laughs> and that surprise is the game design challenge. All right. So here's what this is: is every week when we bring in a, a game designer, we play the game design challenge. And how it works is we hand to you a game theme and then chew it over, think about it, and then you pitch back to us what that game might be. All right. You up for that? Sure. All right. So I'm going to pick a random theme. And that theme is going to be Museum Yard Sale. (laughs) (laughs) Museum Yard Sale. The first thing that I keep thinking about right now is Night at the Museum. <laughs> and there you I'm, go. Yeah, I'm always going to go uh, go lean towards movies. Well, that's fair. That's, you got to use what you have, right? I think it'd be fun to see uh, you know, something like a, a scavenger hunt type of uh, a board game. I'm, I'm thinking it'd be more, you know, you know, with Monopoly, you're kind of going around buying properties. But in this case, I'd have to think of what the conditions would be for you to acquire things in the yard sale. But I think having... Uh, People trying to uh, acquire certain things off of a, a scavenger hunt, a card they may draw in the beginning, and they have to go through 
multiple museum yard sales to try to get as many things off of their list as possible and just kind of subbing out properties for items you acquired at the museum. I don't know, that's the first thing that pops in my head, but I think that if I thought about it more, I might be, be able to do something a little better. Okay, well, that's a good start. But I think don't let the Night of the Museum idea die here, though. I think, you know, throwing in some maybe some magic and some surprises of what you could, might find at these yard sales is kind of fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that would, see, there you go. We already we have a game. When are we going to put this on Kickstarter? <laughs> well, perfect. Once you're done with Cinema Attractions, we'll just toss this up there. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. That's a lot of fun. All right. Well, Gabriel, thanks for coming on to your Tables on Fire. Oh, thanks for having me. Okay. We'll talk to you later. Well, that was Gabriel Barboza, one of the founders of Cinelinks and the creator of Cinemas of Attraction, currently on Kickstarter. You've been listening to your Tables on Fire. Follow us on Twitter at TableFire, and also visit our website, www.yourtablesonfire.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and of course, Board Game Geek. Hit us up on any of those sites and give us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Well, until next time, go light it up.